And welcome back to the Twins Wrap. Derek Hansen with you, along with the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. And, you know, Dick, I've been so excited seeing all these uh, videos. I go to twinsbaseball.com and watching batting practice and all that. And then unfortunate video yesterday with uh, Byron Buxton. That poor kid, he just can't catch a break. Yeah, it's been one thing after another with him. And we keep imagining what a full season uh, Byron Buxton uh, would do for this organization in terms of the numbers he put up and just how good the team is when he's in the lineup. And uh, even though this wasn't going to be a full season, we'll have to wait and see whether uh, his uh, 2020 season will be delayed even further with the foot injury. The hope is, and the initial reports were, that uh, it didn't look like anything that serious. But when you've got a condensed training camp like all the players have, you really can't afford to miss more than a couple of days because you've got a shortened prep time anyway for the season, which is going to start in a little more than a week. Yeah, boy, it's tough right now, isn't it? The lights at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I mean, we can see it there. It's so it's so close, but yet so far. Yeah, it's going to be a long last week. I know that, and for the players too, because as short as the the you know prep time is, the training camp is. Uh, you know, I think everybody's ready to go and, and play baseball and play games that count. We'll see, you know, teams do a, a little, you know, have a couple of extra exhibition games. The Twins right now are going to have one uh, exhibition game uh, against the Cubs. Um, so we'll have to wait and see, you know, whether the Twins might add another game. I suspect at this point they won't. But uh, we'll have a little, uh, you know, appetizer, if you will, for the real season when it begins in a little more than a week. Yeah, seeing some of the video, they seem to be enjoying these inter-squad games anyway, which is fun to see. And I, I'm, I'm guessing rightfully so, right? You can tell that these guys, the smile on their faces from what I've seen, they're they're happy to be back working. Yeah, and I think that's true for everybody, uh, you know, all the other 29 teams as well. This is what they do. You know, and anybody involved in, in, uh, in uh, any line of work, as soon as you can get back to work, and unfortunately so many people are still unable to, get to that point but as soon as you can get back to work and have some thread of normalcy that you can rely on day after day it really lifts everybody's spirits and in the case of baseball let's be honest uh, you know it's it's a very public enterprise and a lot of people are really going to be glad you know when the games are on tv and on the radio again yeah no question boy i i forgot about it going back to spring training and, and kind of looking at this lineup and and just looking at the p- potential for home runs and one of the top lineups, really Major League Baseball, and you know seeing D- Josh Donaldson and his BP, wow! Because we saw quite a bit of it in spring training down in Fort Myers. He is going to be such a force for this team, I think. Yeah, and it's uh, interesting now looking back at it. You know, most times teams address their weaknesses in the off season, and here the Twins, their their big splash, their big move was to strengthen their strength. You know, they set the record for home runs hit, and if anything, they added more potential power to the lineup when they acquired Josh Donaldson. So, uh, you know, of course, all the numbers will be skewed and, and diminished with a, with a shorter season. But, you know, as we've discussed, you and I before, on this segment before, you know, you're not going to want to pitch to this lineup. You know, you know, you look at some of the, National League pitchers that the Twins will be facing. Now, we won't have, you know, it's a universal DH this year. But in watching the games in the National League, there's a a noticeable difference, I think, for the viewers and listeners as well. You know, when when an inning starts with a seventh or eighth place hitter, 
it's a it's a breath, you know, catch a chance for the pitcher to catch his breath because he doesn't have destructive hitters in the lineup that he's got to face. Well, this Twins lineup is there are no soft spots. You want to you know let's imagine Buxton's fine. He's a ninth place hitter and he's leading off. Well, you you've got to white knuckle it if you're a pitcher because you don't want him to get on base because the the whole inning can get turned sideways in a hurry with him simply being on base. Yeah, no question. And of course, you know the the kind of guy kind of behind him, depending on where they go. Sometimes it's Mitch Garver too, but uh, you know Max Kepler. Yeah, and of course he just seems like he's going on that trajectory of being a superstar player. Yeah, he's really a, a very good defensive player. We 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 have known that he's an athlete that's learned baseball. And what we saw last year is the result of a lot of work and really a remarkable story. You know, learning baseball, a foreign sport in in Germany for the most part, and to be able to excel as he did last year at the very highest level of the game uh, globally uh, is really one of the better stories that's you know been uh, involving the Twins organization in a long, long time. You've got so many guys like that that are in or approaching their primes, and that's one of the reasons why this Twins team is going to be so fun to watch, not just this year, but for several years to come. Okay, let's round out talking about the outfield then. Eddie Rosario, which I think is one of the more interesting cases because decisions are going to be you know have to be made on him, and he's got a lot of prove it to do here coming up for in a shortened season too. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, for a while it looked like he was going to be kind of the cornerstone, the, 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 the nucleus of the whole Twins lineup. And now, and I don't mean this uh, uh, with any disrespect, he's not an afterthought, but he's just one of the guys. You know, I mean, you've got Sano, you've got Cruz, you've got Garver, you've got Kepler, Polanco, up and down the lineup. And in Eddie's case, uh, you know, he's got a couple of guys in the minor leagues that look like they're ready to be big leaguers. There's just no room for them. So a lot of people are wondering what Eddie Rosario's future is with the Twins organization. Uh, I'd be surprised if the Twins made any move with him during the season because you don't want to disrupt what should be a really good team with a, a, a trade like that. The A's found out what can happen years ago when they traded Joanna Cespedes in the you know, middle of what was a championship season. It just changes things unnecessarily. So I, I suspect if he's healthy, he'll be in the lineup every day this year. But then, you know, what, what are you going to do with Trevor Larnick and Alex Kirilov and, and and guys like that that sure look like they're major league ready, but they can't find a roster spot? Yeah, very interesting. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the infield. Uh, Luis Arise uh, kind of had a little smile on his face talking about you know hitting 400 in a shortened season. Yeah, and I think a lot of people compare him to Rod Crew with his. Uh, kind of different stance and what have you and just his approach to things. But, you know, talk about superstars in the making. I think the Twins brass really feels good about him. You can understand why people would compare him to Peru with his hitting style, but uh, and, and, and this is a, a different type of compliment. He's more vintage Tony Gwynn in terms of his body type. You know, he's a little bit thicker than Rod ever was. He doesn't run nearly as well as Rod did. Rod, of course, was the, you know, best bunter of his era and uh, while our eyes can bunt he can't run like Rod Carew so this talk about him hitting 400 and he's good enough to potentially do that I suppose he's just not going to beat out many infield hits like Rod did uh, or Tony Gwynn did early in his career so you'll have to wait and see but you know it's fun to speculate 
you know, hitting 400 in a shortened season like this, I don't think anybody would think of uh, the equivalent of, you know, hitting 400 uh, in a full season uh, like Ted Williams most recently did. But uh, he's got that kind of talent, you know, and that's what, again, what makes this Twins team so interesting. You think of the power, but you've got components in the lineup that aren't there because of their power, like Arise, his ability to get on base, Buxton and his ability to run the bases. So this is a multifaceted Twins lineup that, again, this year should score an awful lot of runs. I heard Jake Odorizzi talking a little bit about, you know, the question always comes, uh, pitchers ahead of hitters or vice versa. How's that going to go coming into this uh, season? And I guess it's kind of an unknown. What's your take on that? Well, again, it's unknown. Who knows? We've never you know, played baseball under these circumstances. Uh, but I would be surprised if the hitters aren't significantly, excuse me, if the pitchers aren't significantly ahead of the hitters in the first week or so of the season. Um, you know, that's typically the case coming out of spring training. And then you add the factor of, of the cold weather. And it's generally a little bit easier on the pitchers out of the shoot than it is for the, for the uh, hitters. And I suspect that'll be the case again this year, even though the weather won't be as, as cold uh, as it normally is in March or April. But we'll have to wait and see. You know, the hitters, you know, they've been hitting uh, in the uh, uh, time between Camp 1 and Camp 2, and the pitchers been, have been throwing. So it could be just the opposite. That's There are so many different things that are going to be interesting to watch and witness and see how this all plays out. Uh, both at the beginning of the season and at the end of the season. So how does the rotation look? I mean, obviously, Brios, and it'll be interesting. He always kind of seemed to, like, get tired at August, so maybe this is a good thing for him having a shortened season. But you got Brios, you got Odorizzi, Rich Hill, and, uh, you know, Homer Bailey spoke yesterday. I forgot all about him. How how do you think this looks? Well, then you're going to have Kenta Maeda in there, too. You know, that's one thing I've tried to impress upon people, that uh, the Josh Donaldson signing, you know, made a big splash as it should have, but the twins, I thought did a wonderful job deepening the pitching staff with some veteran pitchers. Kenta Maeda knows, you know, how to get hitters out. He's proven that in the national league and now we'll get a chance in the American league. Uh, Rich Hill was one of the better left-handers in the game the last few years when he was healthy. Uh, You know, Homer Bailey's pitched a couple of no hitters. He knows how to get hitters out. And so the depth of this pitching staff, ultimately, I think, Will as much as the depth of the hitting lineup uh, lead the Twins into the postseason again this year? And then you've got Devin Smeltzer and Lewis Thorpe, uh, Randy Dobnak, people like that who, you know, maybe for everybody else within the American League Central, they'd have starting rotation spots locked up, but there's no room there for the Twins. This will be a very deep pitching staff, and it's that depth. It's one of the reasons why. A lot of people think the Twins are heavy favorites to win the division. Dick, I want to talk to you about something that, uh, and this is, I almost get teared up when I talk about this, kind of switching gears here, because, and you and I have talked about this, you know, during this whole you know, labor dispute that we had with Major League Baseball, but my uh, fiance, she works at an assisted living place, and to say that those folks are looking forward to the season, and I'm sure this touches you a little bit, knowing that your voice is so much a part of their lives. Because they've been flipping through the channels and like, when the sports come back, you know? And just to think, I mean, I, I hope everything goes without a hitch here as we go along because 
it's such a big part of those lives. And I mentioned to you off the air about my uh, friend Paul, who's really, I mean, he, he can't go back to work right now, and Twins baseball is such a big part of his life. This is going to be such a mind-healing thing for so many people, you know, all throughout the country, but I know for Twins territory, this is going to be a huge deal. Yeah, I know, because as we've discussed, my mother went from a senior citizen's high-rise to assisted living to a nursing home and, and all that. And, of course, I visited her regularly, and, and I know how important baseball is uh, to the seniors who live, and they've they've just had a a terrible ordeal uh, with no visitors and all that. And now baseball looks like it's going to be a, a, a daily part of their lives again, both in the evening. And Fox Sports North does something really well, you know, really nice, uh, particularly for the seniors. They replay the games again at least uh, twice during the day, and so uh, it, it's just a great way to, to pass the time it, it changes daily you know a game just about every day and for so many reasons including what it means to the senior citizens i'm really glad we're on the verge of another baseball season yeah no question it's one of those things that's such a big deal i'm glad you mentioned that too because you know for i know for my grandma when she was at the serenity assisted living you know yeah, you get the game about nine o'clock or so. It's hard to stay up, right? And it's even that case for me at forty-seven years old. So I'm sure you hear that a lot. How you know playing that game back in the morning is kind of a nice thing that they enjoy with their breakfast. Yeah, it was uh, kind of humorous when I would visit my mother. She was in uh, a Twin City suburb in a nursing home, and I'd visit her every uh, afternoon before I went in for work when I was home, of course. And the replay would be on, and I'd visit her in the lobby. And there'd be typically 15, 20 other seniors watching the game, listening to my voice on television, <laughs> and then listening to it in person. And it was a little disorienting, as it might be for anybody who would be listening to uh, me talk in person and then hear it on TV as well. But, uh, uh, yeah, let's just hope that we get a full regular season and maybe some postseason games for uh, everyone, including the seniors. I know you're pretty humble, but that had to been a thrill for them to see, you know, and talk to the voice of the twins on the television side for so many people there. Well, and, you know, to talk about the game in progress and, you know, what happened last night and what's going to happen next and pitching changes and all that. Um, you know, we've said this before on many different forums, but I, I truly believe the most loyal fans that the twins have are fans that never get to go to games, but they listen to the games on the radio. They watch them on TV, and yeah, it'll be a really good day when the Twins are back on TV and radio again. Well, I think you feel that when you're at the Twins Winter Caravan, right? I mean, there's a lot of people who just can't make the trek down the Twin Cities. So, I mean, and that's, again, we, you and I have talked about this, just how humbling that must be to just know what a big part of your lives they are. Because, you know, for it, if it's not the radio or TV, that's, that, that's their access to the games. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, on the caravan, you know, we've gone out as far as Bismarck, North Dakota, and while we get fans uh, in attendance, when fans are allowed in attendance uh, from that region, uh, if if they watch 162 games or follow 162 games, there might be only one or two that are actually uh, they are there in attendance, but uh, that doesn't mean they're not listening in their cars and their tractors, watching at home and all that. So that's one of the really beautiful things about being involved with this team. It's not a franchise for a city or even a state. It's an entire region. Uh, two last things for you. Have you been practicing much of the studio thing? Are you even able to do that? How, how is that working out for you for these road games? Well, last week uh, they had a scrimmage, 
and I went to the scrimmage, and it was uh, it was peculiar. You know, it was there were no fans in the stands. Um, and it was a scrimmage. I mean, they didn't even keep track of innings or anything like that. But Josh Donaldson happened to hit a home run, and you know he circled the bases and you know uh, kept his distance from the third base coach, who typically uh, give him a fist bump or a handshake or whatever. He got to home plate. There was nobody around home plate. He did some uh, air high fives with teammates as he ran into the <laughs> dugout, and uh, we're going to have to get used to seeing that. Now, uh, I believe the plan is tomorrow night, Wednesday night, they're going to have a scrimmage, and uh, Justin Morneau and I are going to offer some commentary during the streaming uh, on TwinsBaseball.com. It won't be a telecast per se, but it will be an opportunity to talk about the game with some activity on the field, and, and we'll see how that goes. And and uh, there's, there's still some thought that the Twins might actually telecast uh, the game, the exhibition game uh, in Wrigley Field against the Cubs. So we'll get a couple of opportunities to uh, shake the, the dust and the rust off before things start for real against the White Sox a week from Friday. And finally, of course, Game Use, your book that's out right now. I know it's uh, hitting uh, more and more in uh, people's hands around here. I get a lot of compliments about it. They love the way that you did it with your chapters kind of being innings and stitches of the baseball. I, I think it's it's a nice way to segment a little bit with all so many different stories. Well, again, I appreciate you saying that, but again, it it was an ode or a love story about uh, my affection for this baseball team, uh, and more importantly, the impact that it's had on the region. And uh, in the 60th season of Twins baseball, which is what this will be now, we know that. Uh, you know, it was kind of a, an attempt to write a bit of a Twins history book, and uh, uh, I enjoyed. Uh, writing it, and and to the extent the Twins fans enjoy reading it, it's it's I guess a win-win. Yeah, no question. Again, uh, uh, whether it's online or going to the bookstore, it's certainly very easy to pick up. Game used by Dick Bramer. If you want to check it out, it's a great book. Really enjoyed reading it this summer. Dick, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday. And boy, we'll be uh, itching closer and closer to that regular season opening up here. Yeah, I can't wait. We're looking forward to it.